This is the boss. This is the main man. This is the head of the WWE, Vincent J. McMahon. And you're listening to Enter the Nerd Zone, the greatest podcast out there. But if you don't agree with that, guess what? You're fired. <laughs> uh, okay, Vince, you, you you can go now. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Peach in the zone? I am in the zone. Wow, Vincent J. McMahon himself introducing us. So I guess I guess that means we got to talk about the Smurfs. Yes, I'm ready for the Smurfs. Who was your favorite Smurf, Jay? Smurfette. I mean, come on, <laughs> she was totally hot. <laughs> no, no, no. We will be talking about great wrestling rivalries, and I, I'm pretty excited to talk about this. How about you? Yeah, I'm all right with it. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> Yes. I'm cool with it, too. That's... <laughs> I, I'm always excited to talk wrestling with you, Jay, because you're very passionate about wrestling, Star Wars, mu- movie moments. Oh, that's not you. That's the other guy. <laughs> that's the other guy. <laughs> I watch movies. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, though, I, I heard you the other day uh, with, with John and Alan. You were kind of saying that when we talk wrestling, you're just like sitting here going, yeah, yeah, dude, you, you add like so much to the conversation. So you, you, you are a cornucopia of wrestling knowledge. I have something. All right. All righty. <laughs> Go ahead. Why don't you start this off here with our great rivalries? Okay. So I, I'm going to start off with one. Uh, now I know like we, we've talked briefly about the ECW and you said you, you didn't really watch the ECW or, or a little bit, or I, I wasn't quite sure on that. Yeah. You know, a little bit, not, not enough where I can say, I know every wrestler who the champ was. I know the Dudley boys are there at one point in time, right? Yeah. That's pretty much where they got their start. But um, yeah, I'm going to start off with a great rivalry from there. And uh, I, I think, you know, some people were, they were really into ECW and I think some people weren't into it because they kind of felt that, you know, it was extreme championship wrestling. It's, <laughs> it's guys just hitting each other with frying pans and this and that. And, and that was there. Don't get me wrong. But uh, this rivalry pitted two great technical wrestlers uh, against one another. Uh, one of them I'm sure you heard of uh, the whole effing show himself, Rob Van Dam. Yes, I met Rob Van Dam. Oh yeah, we've talked about that. You are very lucky to have met. I, I, I would, I would kill to meet him. He's an awesome guy. So you, so you've seen him in the ring. You've seen him in action. You know what he could do. Just imagine across the ring from him was his doppelganger, a, a guy that could match him move for move, and that was a man by the name of Jerry Lynn. Uh, he came into ECW. I'm thinking he came from one of the territories. I'm not quite sure where, but. Um, He was a guy, he could match Rob Van Dam move for move, hold for hold. And when Rob Van Dam was the TV champ, Jerry Lynn came in saying, you know, I could beat him. I could take him. And these guys had best two out of three fall matches. They had a best of seven series of matches. They had uh, false count anywhere matches. And you want to talk about, Awesome move after awesome move. Um, Hurricane Rana's, Frankensteiner's, suicide dives, suplexes of any kind of variation off the top rope, second rope, springboard moves. I mean, these guys had it, and it's it's just made for some fantastic wrestling. I, yeah, I always used to see Rob Van Dam fighting, uh, I think so, Sabu. 
Yeah, they were they were tag team partners. Then they feuded. Then they got back together. And I mean, Sabu was he was just a wild man. He was a crazy man. Uh, and, and that was definitely a great feud. But I, I think I really love this feud because it, it started out, you know, Rob Van Dam was like he was cocky and he deserved to be cocky because he, he was an awesome wrestler. Jerry Lynn came in and said, you know, you're not as good as you think you are. I can take you. And they traded the belt back and forth. They traded wins back and forth. And towards the end of this rivalry, you know, they they had mutual respect for one another. And, you know, you, you were just treated to awesome matches. And again, if you're not familiar with it, YouTube, man, you know, Jerry Lynn versus RVD. Um one thing I really remember from that is they had a, a false count anywhere match and uh, Jerry Lynn kind of, he, he throws Rob Van Dam into the corner. Van Dam, you know, hits the second rope, uh, comes back with like a spinning heel kick. Jerry Lynn goes over the top rope, hits the floor and then hits the divider flips over that. And he's in the crowd. Rob Van Dam climbs the top rope, like a cat, like in a second, he walks out on that top rope, kind of like the undertaker used to do facing the crowd. And, you know, I don't know the exact name for it, but he basically did a front diving flip into the crowd, hit Jerry Lynn. And I mean, just unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. How long was the rivalry for? It went on for a good year because like I said, you know, they traded the title back and forth. Um, they, actually agreed to a, a best of seven series uh kind of like another great rivalry ivan uh not ivan call off sorry nikita call off and uh, magnum ta they had a, a best of seven series it was it was a good year maybe even a year and a half and it, it was you know it, it wasn't what you expected from ecw you know they didn't have hardcore matches or barbed wire they they just had great wrestling matches and just, you know, it didn't matter. Rob Van Dam wins. Jerry Lynn wins. We, we all won because we were treated to some some top-notch wrestling. Rob Van Dam. Oh, man. I, I just did it. <laughs> I just, I was, I <laughs> I did that. I didn't know my. I did that every time I, was I gonna, saw. I, <laughs> okay, sorry. No, I was going to say, I didn't know my shoulders could go back that far. <laughs> Let me tell you, every time I saw that man, I kept doing the Rob Van Dam. And John, I think, wanted to kill me. After like the second time, but uh, now, uh, <laughs> now I was gonna say I'm sure he gets that everywhere he goes. Was he sort of like was he into it or was he sort of like, oh geez, not again? Well, <laughs> the first time we saw him was like one o'clock in the morning, so oh, he <laughs> he was a little happy. So you know, I guess uh, it it was like fine. But every time we saw him, John was like, please don't do it, and I would do it anyway. So, but one thing about Rob Van Dam, he wasn't very tall. But I, I do remember watching him a lot more in um, WCW when he was uh, in WCW. And he was mm -hmm. a high flyer. Now, Jerry Lynn, I'm not really familiar with. Did he go on anywhere else? Where did he come from? No. he. I, I, again, I know he came from one of the territories, you know, or one of the developmental. I'm not quite sure. And pretty much when ECW folded, uh, we didn't really hear from him again. You know, he, he didn't really have like a dynamic personality. I mean, he, he could, he could get on the mic. He, you know, he could kind of hold his own. He's a great, great wrestler. And yeah, when ECW folded, you know, we just never heard from him again, which is, you know, kind of sad because he was a great wrestler. Now this, this ECW, was this before they merged with the WWE 
or after or how'd that go yeah this was this was before this was when it was sort of like that um sort of like they were like that rogue they were like that third federation that was uh very slowly chipping away at uh, the wwe and the wcw i mean i i mean honestly i think the the rise and fall of ecw is is uh is a podcast in and of itself but yeah this this was before this is you know paul Heyman wanted to keep it his own and and you know this was way before the merger oh, okay so it was kind of like the ring of honor is now i don't know if you know ring of honor wrestling yeah i mean i know it but again kind of like ecw was back in the day it's like where do i find it you know yeah. i i I used to watch ECW. I, I think it would be on like the MSG network at like uh, one twenty-five in the morning. So, oh, <laughs> you know, not a <laughs> yeah, not exciting, an easy thing to find. Exciting time to watch wrestling. Absolutely, yeah, it was. All righty. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you What do you got for us? <laughs> all right. So I'm not going to go that obscure. Uh, I'll start with this was my favorite wrestler growing up as a kid. Made probably a ton of people's favorite wrestler, but Hulk Hogan, you know, I used to love Hulk Hogan and mm -hmm. uh, his matches with the Macho Man, Randy Savage, uh, from, you know, right around WrestleMania three through when they became the Mega Powers. So it had to be at least a five <laughs> or six year battle between the two of them. Um, Actually, it's funny because I loved Hogan, and then once he once he started wrestling Macho Man, slowly but surely I was starting to turn over to the Macho Man side. You know, they were both great on the mic. Um, they did give a great show. Hogan then was a little bit more of a wrestler. Um, Macho Man, though, you know, he was high flying. Um, you know, and of course he had Elizabeth, so it was definitely uh, easy to to love her too. <laughs> oh, definitely. You know, and honestly, the, the my favorite event was uh, they. I saw them live in a steel cage at, in the metal in the Meadowlands, many, obviously many years ago. But yeah, <laughs> um, WrestleMania four. If you remember WrestleMania four when they had the the tournament. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. You know, Hogan took on Andre the Giant, and this is kind of when Hogan and Macho Man started to, to become friends. That era is really when I'm like, oh, this is great, you know. Um, Macho Man, again, high-flying. You know, I remember when he first came into the league, into the league, listen to me. Um, <laughs> you know, every every manager wanted him, and then he came out and picked Elizabeth. Uh, you know, he never really beat Hogan, I don't think. I mean, they, he, had the, he had the Intercontinental title. He had a lot of feuds with, like, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and stuff. But there was always that once a year, him and Hogan would be battling it out for the title. And, of course, Hogan would have to win. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like I think that was like an unwritten law back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, had had to win. he had the championship for five plus years. And then, you know, finally, when they he got uh, betrayed by Andre the Giant, you know, that's when it started, you know, started to turn around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely a great feud. Um, by, by the time all was said and done, um, were you, were you more like kind of leaving Hogan behind more in the macho man camp? Uh, yeah. You know, like yes. So when right around after right macho man turned good and then, uh, they were the mega powers or whatever Hogan was battling with the ultimate warrior. Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I still Hogan to me started getting 
stale. You know, Hulkamania running wild, da 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 da. And so Macho Man was definitely that that new the new wrestler, the new head of the WWE or F, whatever the heck they were at that time. I'll tell you when I did turn around and take Hogan again is when he when he betrayed uh, the guys at um, Bash at the Beach. You remember that? Oh, pretty much the formation of the NWO. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I waited so long for Hogan to turn bad that that was like probably my fa- another another podcast, folks. Favorite oh, moments in wrestling. That's probably my favorite moment in wrestling. So. Cool. And then they became friends again, and then they wrestled again in WCW. <laughs> so it, it continued on, but the 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 core years in you know WrestleMania three, four, five, that's when Hogan and Macho Man really that that was that was great wrestling and uh, very interesting to listen to as those two guys were great ringmasters. Yeah, and I think you know we were treated to to the two of them definitely in their in their prime, you know, physical prime and and just you know, great matches. And I mean, come on, those two guys facing off on the mic, just unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. I, I've, I've actually like, uh, sometimes if I'm bored, I'll go on YouTube. I'm like, Oh, what's some stuff I could look up and I'll just put in macho man interviews and they'll just have like a series of like his little vignettes and, and little interviews. And, um, he, he was just, he, I mean, he was really revolutionary when he came into the WWFE, FF. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was, he was kind of. I don't know. For me, I don't know how you felt. He, for me, he was kind of like the first anti-hero. You know, it's like he's supposed to be the bad guy, but people loved him. Like I, I really loved him when he first came in. Yeah, he paved the way for like the the Stone Colds and the Rocks of the world. You know that the. Because remember, you know, remember back in wrestling when we were younger in the early mm-hmm. '80s, you had your good guys and your bad guys, and no one loved the bad guys. Very rarely did you love the bad guys, unless it was mm-hmm. like unless it was like Rowdy Roddy Piper. But yeah, I think he was the first exactly. kind of wrestler that started that that trend of the bad guy being the good guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I would say, I would label him almost like an like an antihero. You know, like he's he's the bad guy, but you you, you know you just you just love him. <laughs> exactly. And because of him, I think I developed a slim jim addiction. Snap <laughs> <laughs> into a slim jim. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'll turn into a fat guy in a little coat real fast. Oh God, yeah. Clog up your arteries too. Jeez. Shameless plug. <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. All right. So you got another uh, another great rivalry that you're interested in talking about? Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I hate to go obscure, but I know you definitely know about this rivalry, but I know a lot of people out there might not know about it. Uh, this is this is between I would almost say between two families. And, uh, you know, it's the Von Ericks against the fabulous Freebirds because that was some great wrestling. Uh, and in pretty much in, in, in Michael P.S. Hayes, just, just great mic work and great taunting and, and, uh, just an unbelievable feud. Now, did you, did you get to watch any of that or, uh, yeah, you know, that was like one of those feuds that it was more about the wrestling than the talking because the only person that could speak was Michael P.S. Hayes. Everybody else was like clueless on the mic. Uh, True. <laughs> really, I mean, but again, back then too, you didn't really have, you know, Ric Flair really started that whole 
innovation of on the microphone, you know, wooing and everything else. Uh, but in the ring, those those are some great matches between Carrie and Kevin and Carrie. Yeah, Carrie. Who's the other one that was there? Uh, David was there. David was there, and then they had a cousin that wasn't really a cousin. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was definitely a a Von Erich mistake right there. Well, I, I think but he was towards the end of like because David was already passed. Yeah, David thought. had passed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it was a great feud because, you know, you they, they were great wrestlers. Uh, they matched up really, really well with one another. Um, you know, you had, like, Kerry was kind of like the big powerhouse. And on the other side, you had Terry Gordy, who was the big powerhouse. <clears throat> uh, Kevin was kind of like the all-around guy, and he wrestled barefoot, which <laughs> I just never understood that. Yeah, I couldn't but, understand that either. But, you know, uh, he was kind of the all-around guy, and you had, like, uh, on the other side, Buddy Jack Roberts, who was kind of, like, their all-around guy. And then David was, like, he he was, like, I think he was actually the biggest out of all of them, but he was, like, quick as anything. He was probably out of, out of all of those, and I'm really just going to go with those three, he was probably the best, like, pure athlete. And, you know, Michael Hayes on the other side, I mean, it's just – Great matchups between them, and um, really, it was like they were brought in, and it started off that they were actually teaming with the Von Eriks. They were helping them out, this and that, <clears throat> but they very slowly started to reveal that they were actually there to sort of like upstage because, you know, out there in Texas, you know, the Von Eriks were a big deal, and and uh, the Freebirds wanted to knock them uh, down a peg or two, and. It was just great, great matches back and forth, um, now, and just uh, the Freebirds. The Freebirds were great personalities. Now they were from. Were they? Uh, I know they were South because they always had the the Southern flag. Were they Alabama? Is that where they were from? I think. Oh man, come on! I got this song on my on my iPod here. Bad Street USA, Atlanta, Georgia. They were Atlanta, from Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia. Right. Bad Street USA. Oh, God. All right, guys. If you want to see, like, like the epitome of cheesy 80s wrestling videos, it's it's tough to find. Bad Street USA, just the music video for it, it's 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 a laugh. Just find it and <laughs> just just get yourself a good laugh. But, um, yeah, they were – I think they were originally from Georgia Championship Wrestling. And, and from what I had read, like, online, and I actually had heard um, – an interview from Kevin, you know, he said that David, David, his brother was doing a lot of the booking at the time and convinced his father. He's like, look, you know, we're like the big heroes around here, but there's really no one to really be our foil to kind of like go against us. He's like, these three guys, you know, they're, they're great. They're going to be perfect. Fritz really wasn't having it. Cause they were more of that newer kind of wrestling. They were, you know, rock and wrestling was kind of starting in the WWF. They were kind of doing something similar down in Georgia. You know, they were very flamboyant. They weren't like your classic wrestlers. But, you know, David convinced his dad, bring these guys in. And, you know, it really revitalized their area. It really, not that the Von Erics needed, but it really gave them a great push because they finally had, like, the perfect villain team to go up against. Yeah. All righty. You're up, my friend. Who uh, you got? I'm, I'm done. I don't know anybody else. No. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I, I'm going to go, again, a little bit more mainstream. I'll leave you to the obscurity for yourself. Uh, <laughs> no problem. 
one a, another great rivalry. And again, you know, most of the time you saw it on Saturday mornings, uh, live in studio, uh, quote unquote. Ric Flair, mm. uh, you know, and again another wrestler I loved, uh, even though he was a bad guy. You know, he, you know, you either loved him or hate him. He's kind of like the Yankees and other people. <laughs> him versus Sting. Oh, oh, I, I didn't think you were going to go there. All right, go for it. So <laughs> they had plenty of star. You know, they they fought on Clash of the Champions a few few times. They fought oh, yeah. on um, Starcade a few times. Again, obviously, there was always some, you know, Flair versus Sting for the title. Sting never beat Flair for the title. Never happened. Um, always the, the four horsemen getting involved in the title, you know, in, in a title match. Um, but Sting and Flair kind of helped with some other little rivalries where you saw, you know, the Arn and Tully with, you know, versus Barry and Lex Luger. They're all kind of that same group, but they all kind of fed into the same uh, rivalry there. But Sting mm-hmm. and Flair matches, hour-long, guaranteed, back and forth. I mean, at the time, you know, it was a younger Sting, so he had his, his blonde hair, and he was, you know, the not the first guy with makeup, but definitely, like, you know, one of those guys who are like, whoa, he's a little bit out of the norm. <laughs> taking on, you know, the old school Ric Flair who flamboyant, whatever else. But again, not only in the ring, but on the mics, they both could, you know, obviously Ric Flair, I mean, every every baseball team, football team in their in their in their stadiums are going woo woo all over the place. You know, oh, yeah. but then you had Sting doing his his call too. And he was great on the mic. But those matches that they had, bloody Battles to the end, usually in a disqualification because Arn Anderson's coming in, hitting him with a, a shoe, or J.J. Dillon's doing something stupid. <laughs> but those matches were so great to watch, so technical. You know, you think Ric Flair, and he's just, he's not really, you don't see him as like the typical wrestler, but he mm-hmm. he definitely was, you know, a great amateur wrestler, like in the ring. You could, He had those, the sleepers and the, the takedowns, and of course, he had one of the greatest finishers of all time, the the figure four leg lock. Um, now, I think they wrestled in the very first class of champions. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think that it was an hour limit, uh, hour long time limit. And th- there was sort of a stipulation that if it ended in a drawer, there was like a, a panel of judges who would sort of vote on who they thought won the match. Uh, am I Thinking that's it sounds familiar, and I think that Sting won, but he wouldn't give the t- like Flair wouldn't give him the title, and they made him continue wrestling or something. Yeah, I think it was something similar to that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely yeah, you're absolutely right. That was that was a great rivalry. You know, you had the Flair woo against the Sting. Yeah, like I I couldn't even. I'll probably go horse if I try to do it. But um, uh, something that was kind of in- no. Go ahead. No, go, go for ahead, it. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say uh, on the Ric Flair 30 for 30, um, they were interviewing various wrestlers. Sting was one of them. And one of the things that Sting said that was kind of great about Flair was, look, the guy was the champ, you know, over in the WWF. You had Hogan, who was, you know, like you said, five year streak. He was just unbeatable. Um, you know, anybody that really went up against him really just, you know, he, he really crushed him pretty much. Uh, and Sting said that Flair. Like, you know, Flair sold 
sold his moves. And, you know, again, if you don't know the lingo, really what that means is, you know, if Sting hit him with a clothesline, Flair would like flop around like Sting almost took his head off. Um, and he said that in one part of the match, uh, you know, again, they're communicating in the ring. Uh, you know, you mentioned that Flair is famous for the figure four leg lock. He is also very famous for his open hand chops. Yes. Like, and he, he, he said, like he told Sting, like, I don't know if they discussed it before the match or in the ring. He's like, I'm going to hit you with two or three. He goes, but the fourth, fifth, sixth, shake him off. You know, Sting would like beat his chest and scream. And he's like, you know, Rick, come on. That's he's like, no, 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 do it, do it, sell it. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, that's Ric Flair and that's, you know, and that's what makes a great rivalry right there. Like two guys that are evenly matched just going back and forth. Yeah. And you know, the, 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 the most memorable, memorable match that they had was the last match of WCW. Remember when uh, WWE bought, they bought WCW they were the those two fought the last match on that card. That that is right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Again, when you think WCW NWA, you're thinking Ric Flair. You're thinking Sting. Just like if you think WWE, you're thinking Hogan, Andre the Giant, um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. So yeah. Again, Ric Flair had great battles and rivalries with like the Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA and all these other guys, but nothing like the matches with 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 the stinger all right well i'm gonna see if i could challenge you on that one because the rivalry i'm gonna bring up is the great rick flair against the late great dusty Rhodes. um now I'm, I'm definitely going to admit that i think in terms of like wrestling yeah flair and sting had it but battles on the mic between Ric Flair with the, you know, I'm a limousine riding, airplane flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing son of a gun, and Dusty Rhodes coming out saying, I couldn't even hear under. <laughs> they had a translator, or did they have like <laughs> captions underneath to see what he was saying? Yes. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But it was because it was great because you had Ric Flair who was, you know, again, he's got this, he always came out in the suit and the Rolex, and he'd. You know, I mean, you, you know, you, you watch it like I watched it when he would like take off his shoes and he'd scream at the camera. He's like, you know, my shoes cost more than you make in a year. You know, I got a five thousand dollar Rolex. And then Dusty Rhodes comes out with like, uh, you know, his cowboy hat on and I'm the son of a plumber and this and that. It was like it was like the evil rich guy versus versus the common man and the American dream. The American dream himself, Dusty Rose. Before you go any further, <laughs> I just have to say about Ric Flair, his best move is when he when he drops an elbow on his jacket. You know, that's <laughs> oh, like, God, yeah, that's the best thing. He, like you said, on the mic, yes, Ric Flair, staying not as strong as Dusty Rose, but Ric Flair in the ring doing his interviews, bouncing off of the ropes, dropping elbows on his jacket, doing his strut. He's probably the best ever on the mic. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think younger fans, you know, they probably saw him much, much later. And, you know, I mean, still, when he when he came to the WWE and, you know, he, he still makes appearances because his daughter is the I think she's still the champ there. I don't know. I don't really follow it. You know, go go back and look at like classic Ric Flair interviews. Um, one of the great things you could do while while you um 
look at our content on Instagram at uh, Enter the Nerd Zone, shameless plug. Uh, you know, follow Ric Flair on Instagram because he constantly puts up like old vignettes, old uh, interviews, and you'll see what Pete and I are talking about when we say, you know, in the old studio days. And that's just Ric Flair in his prime. And I'm telling you, there are probably tons of wrestlers that will point to Ric Flair and say, that's my inspiration right there. Let me tell you, I'd love to see Ric Flair, uh, mm-hmm. prime prime Ric Flair, go mic to mic with The Rock, prime The Rock. Oh, I, w- I was thinking, see, I was thinking <laughs> Macho Man, but yeah, you know what? Prime Ric Flair versus The Rock, you got it. That, oh my God, that, yeah. I mean, the Rock and Ric Flair, Masters of the Mic, it's definitely a... Uh, uh, you know, one and one A, but nothing is like Ric Flair dropping the elbow. <laughs> yeah, you're right. When he would lay the jacket down, he would do the strut. I'm like, what? What is he doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All righty. Uh, you got any more great rivalries? Well, I'll go to a tag team one. I mean, I, I remember Ooh. very, not a lot about it, but I do remember watching them and thinking this is some great matches mm-hmm. involving the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. Oh, yeah. Now, I know that you like the Midnight Express, one of your favorite tag teams. Yeah, they were. And the the main reason uh, was the guy they had, the third man there, uh, Jimmy Cornette, right. with, the, with that dreaded tennis racket. <laughs> now, if you want to talk about guys on mics that were horrible, it was well, these four men. Thank God for Jim Cornette. <laughs> That's but, very true. Very true, right? But Very true. The Rock and Roll Express, no matter which version they were wrestling, the Midnight Express, Always had great matches, and mm-hmm. it always seemed that the Rock and Roll Express got the short end of the deal on those matches. But high flying, great battles. I mean, I think Sweet Stan and Bobby Eaton didn't Bobby Eaton stand on uh, Sweet Stan's shoulders and like do like the flying belly flop or something. Yeah, they had a move like that. Um, yeah, that was him and Sweet Stan. Yeah, because him and Dennis Condry didn't really have moves like that. And then, of course, on the other side, Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express, you know, the, the dreaded double drop kick. Yes. <laughs> and you always... yeah, that's yeah. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was gonna, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, for, for a wrestling standpoint, th- that that was a great rivalry because and, and really what fueled it was the ma- <laughs> I guess he was the original. I don't know if he was the original mouth of the South or what, but but Jim Jim Cornette just he would just pour fuel on that fire like constantly and just just spur those guys on. Yeah, when you when you think of like Jim Cornette versus uh, Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Hart mm-hmm. was great at like you know just sounding like a little mouse and spewing stuff out. <laughs> at least Cornette sounded like he's you know intelligent, so to speak. He was very. Uh, I, it just always him talking about his mama and and having that tennis racket. You know, oh, it's yeah. always a kick to see him in the ring, and because like we said, neither one of those tag teams could talk a lick. So thank God for Jim, <laughs> Jim Cornette. But yes, again, tag team wrestling wise, great matchups. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do you think? We got time for uh, one more well, each. You or, give me whatever uh, you want. I got all the time in the world. Awesome. Uh, I mean, well, let's see. 
I hope you have nothing to do for the next eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much wrestling okay. to talk about, I guess. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we don't get to all the rivalries uh, out there, guys, we will definitely do a part two uh, on this, a part three, a part four. Um, I mentioned it earlier, and uh, it was one of the first rivalries that I saw in the old NWA World Class uh, World Championship Wrestling was uh, the battle for the United States heavyweight title between the champ Magnum TA and and uh, the Russian bear himself. Or no, he was not the Russian bear. I apologize. He was the Russian nightmare, Nikita Koloff. That was a hell of a series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked, I liked those matches. I mean, again, two guys that were um, wrestling sound that, you know, they really did put on a great show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, not not great talkers on the mic. Uh, This this was this was a feud that did the talking in the ring. And of course, this was like eighty four, eighty five. And I'd have to look it up, but I'm I'm almost positive it's probably also right around the time of like Rocky Four when you had Rocky versus you know Ivan Drago. You know, here you had. You know, Magnum TA, you know, All-American Boy, you know, Apple Pie, Baseball, all that. And, you know, you had the Russian Nightmare, Nikita Koloff, who, you know, he was and he was going after the United States heavyweight title. And, you know, th- I mean, these two just push each other's buttons. They they attacked one another during interviews and, you know, in the ring. And I think they, too, had they had like a best of seven series and it came down and it was it was tied and the seventh match was double disqualification they had to have like a final elimination match i'm sure there was like a russian chain match thrown in there somewhere but it was it was just it was just great and like i said that usa versus russia thing at that time i mean that was just like that's like the perfect feud right there uh, so let me ask you this question do you remember um did you ever have mm-hmm. the wrestling cards like the game that it was like in the wrestling magazines you you send away for it and it was like the with the dice and they had the the matches. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was yeah. great because you had that. You reminded me with the Russian chain chain match because it had it on there. I always used to use that match. My buddy and I used to wrestle all the time. Not not us <laughs> wrestle, but had the cards and wrestle with them. All right, so. You know I love my list, right? <laughs> I know you do, and I, I'm I'm guessing your pal Ranker has has one for us, or <laughs> yes. or, or is this from somewhere? Ranker, <laughs> I got a Ranker. Uh, I got a top twenty for you. Okay. All righty. All right, number twenty. Go for it. Yeah. Which I thought this would be a little bit higher up, but Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Yeah, it's a little weird that that's kind of down there. Uh, I mean, that was that was uh, that was WrestleMania three three yeah and 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 like allegedly at that point nobody had ever slammed andre the giant and uh yeah i was yeah number 20 i'm kind of surprised it's that well, low after you're yeah. 20 now you're 19 cactus jack yeah. and vader okay wow i mean I, I i can only imagine like what the top like five are if these ones are down there because uh i mean cactus jack just total insanity and vader was just, he was a monster I'd say Cactus Jack or, you know, Mankind versus The Undertaker, another great rivalry in that Hell in the Cell match. I was just going to ask you if you saw that one. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, that, and we saw Mick Foley at Steel City Con. Uh, Shameless mm-hmm. plug, fat guys and little coach. Um, <laughs> and 
The man can barely walk. Barely walk, Jay. And yeah, I, 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 I believe you. <laughs> oh, it was, you know, I felt so bad when I saw him, but the guy loves the business. And I have a full respect for him. Uh, number 18, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. Okay, no uh, what comes next? No <laughs> idea. I mean, I, I've heard of Mike Awesome. He was ECW. Uh, he went to WCW for a while. And then, yeah, I kind of heard he went to Japan and had a much better career, but you know, I know yeah, nothing of that he one. Passed, <laughs> he ended up killing himself or something like that. So He was NWO, by the way, by the way. Um, oh, sure. Well, who wasn't? <laughs> Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA. Yeah, that was early on. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty good feud there. I mean, two great wrestlers, but again, you know, can't talk a lick on the mic. <laughs> yeah, neither one. Yeah, um, yeah. Rey Mysterio and Psychosis. Uh, we can skip them. Taz and Sabu. Yeah. That's I was thinking of Taz too. Oh yeah, I mean, I can't believe you know we, we we've talked about ECW a lot and, and not mentioned Taz, but that's got to definitely be before he hurt his neck, and you know he was like the master. He had like. They said like he was like the master of a thousand suplexes, and Sabu was just the Middle Eastern madman, and it was just chaos in the ring. <laughs> just a little funny note about Taz. He's actually doing radio on mm -hmm. Sirius Sports Talk Radio. It, like like a wrestling one, or or it, just sports in general? It's it's mainly like UFC and some re not wrestling wrestling, but um, boxing and some football stuff. Oh, cool. All right, I'll move on from these really quick. Lita and Trish. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> another one that you probably saw, Raven and the Sandman. Oh, that was a great one. Yeah, bloody, bloody. Absolutely. <laughs> now, this is number 12, I don't understand either. Hogan versus Piper. That was like classic, you know, early, mid-80s WWF. I don't know, Ranker. <laughs> uh, this was one we talked about before. The Hardy yeah. Boys. Versus the Dudley Boys versus Edge and Christian, which we said before, hell of a great matches, right? And and what number is that? They're number eleven. Okay, give me Ranker's phone number. I gotta talk to him. What? Why? I mean, number one, number one better be like a hell of a rivalry. <laughs> All right, well, if we if we think this is a great rivalry and it's number ten, this is kind of crazy. But uh, the Undertaker versus Mankind. Yeah, okay. Like I'm saying, this top five better be like solid goals. Go ahead. <laughs> we actually got one in the top ten right so far. The Ooh. Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. All right. Good Good job, Ranker, finally. <laughs> Seriously. Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I would think more. Really? Yeah, I would think more Triple H and Stone Cold. Wouldn't you think that? Yeah, Triple H and A. I mean, they were really more buddies than anything. I mean, I don't even really remember them even having a rivalry. Yeah, I mean, I guess... It's very small. You got the top yeah. seven here, bud. Uh, Ooh. Fabulous Freebirds and Devon Eriks, number seven. Okay, cool. All right, I'm just thinking now the way the way this is going. I have a feeling that you know. I, again, I heard you guys the other day, and I heard John say the number one uh, the number one rivalry was Mike. Uh, no, Iron Mike Sharp and Lanny Poffo. Like, is that one coming up? Yeah, it's coming up soon. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's going to be number one, isn't it? <laughs> number six, Luthez yep. and Buddy Rogers, which we probably neither one of us saw that. That's uh, I'll have to ask my grandfather you, about you're that doing one. Really good here, pal. Number five, <laughs> oh, Rick Flair and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, and again, I'm telling you, this number one better be awesome because 
I mean, that's that's like a top three rivalry of all time, you know, Ric Flair and anybody. But yeah. go ahead. Bruno San Martino <laughs> and Larry Sabisco, not really uh, not in my time frame. Uh, no, nah, that's no. Nah. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Oh, yeah, that's I can't believe we didn't mention that one because that was a great one. That was the Montreal screw job right yeah, there. That, <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. Uh, Stone Oof. Cold and The Rock. Again, that's a great rivalry, too. Both great. And yeah. Like we said, The Rock on the mic, unbelievable. Anybody that goes in the ring and drinks beers, you know, they're they're on my top ten. And oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and a miracle. I got first place, finally. Ric Flair and Sting, number one. Number one? Yes. Okay. All right. Rank, ranker, I mean, I think he got that one right. I'm, I'm disappointed some of the other ones were so low, but. Yeah, I mean, I love Ric Flair and Sting. I think Hogan and Andre is actually probably a little bit better than that. Just, uh, you know, the time frame and the popularity of it versus Ric Flair and Sting. It wasn't seen as much as, obviously, Andre and Hogan. WWE was all over the place, right? Yeah, but you know what, though? I mean, I think, you know, neither, neither, I mean, that was Andre the Giant. He was pretty much near the end of his career. He could barely move. Uh, you had a pretty prime rick flair and a very prime sting uh two two guys that were great on the mic of course rick flair superior on the mic and just great great matches like you said bloody matches trading holds i i I think i would think comparing those two i mean yeah you know mainstream media would know more about hogan and 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 andre the giant but you know if you're like a, a wrestling purist sting and flair that's 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 the number one it's it's definitely close. I mean, I think we had a, I think we did a great job on picking our rivalries, and I, like we said, we could do a million of them in the next eight hours. But uh, absolutely, we want to hear from the fans, whatever fans we yep. have. And I don't want to hear about uh, Iron Mike Sharp and the Brooklyn Brawler. I want to know, <laughs> who we, give call us, Instagram us, Facebook us, Twitter us, whatever you can do. Tell us who your rivalries are. Um, Absolutely. Your top five rivalries, whatever you want to hear. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us we're morons. Tell us we are wonderful because we are. Uh, yes. <laughs> and like Paul Orndorff, Mr. Number Wonderful. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And we're and you can find us on at Stuff Your Stuff. No, that's the other one. At, at Google News Now. <laughs> oh, you can find us wherever. We're everywhere, we people. Everywhere. You'll find yes, us. That's right. <laughs> um. Okay, yes. So, you know, of course, you could always find us here on Anchor. And, you know, like Pete said, we want to hear from you. So Anchor has that call-in feature. Call in. Tell us, you know, what rivalries did we, rivalries did we miss? Because I know we missed a lot. We'll definitely do a part two. Uh, find us on iTunes. Rate and review us. Uh, you can find us on uh, – also find us on Google Play, Pocket Cast, and Overcast. Uh, we're on Instagram at Enter the Nerd Zone. And uh, you know what? You can find a lot of great stuff on Instagram. You can find our buddies, Alan and John. They have an awesome podcast, The Nerd and Me. Uh, They just did a great episode on the 1989 movie Batman, and that is definitely worth a listen. Uh, And you'll find all four of us on Stuff You Don't Need to Know, but I'm going to let them in on a secret. You guys do need to know it. This is key information. Yeah, I mean, you just put up some great memories uh, on MTV, right? MTV, yeah. Kids, guess what? It used to actually play music. That's right. And then Johnny put up some uh, 
some stuff, some a movie past moment, the post, which if you if you're gonna watch it, listen to see it. Spoiler alerts on there, okay? It was a great movie, though. So see the movie, then listen to John's review, because John does a great job with that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Alan does the trading cards, the Marvel trading cards he does. Um, you know, I, I'm i going to guess he collected them back in the day. And, uh, you know, he, he goes through them, and he adds little tidbits that, uh, you know, most people don't know about some of these heroes. And Pete, Pete. Super Bowl's coming up, man. I know you got some great shows coming up about the Super Bowl. Yeah, so uh, what, we're going to talk about favorite commercials, talk about favorite mm-hmm. halftime shows, and, of yep. course, we're going to preview the, sh- the Super Bowl, which is Sunday. Um, so, yeah, listen to us all on all of our stations and uh, website to come soon. Uh, yep. What else we got, Jay? Anything else? Uh, what else do we got? Uh, I think we got some trading cards and, uh, we got some, no, I don't know what else we got. I think we covered everything. Yeah. Uh, next step, next episode, look for, uh, we're going to be talking about either Harry Potter or some other jabroni. <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> jabroni. Wrestling, oh, wow. Wrestling term. <laughs> uh, so look, look for us to, to discuss one of those. And if you haven't seen Harry Brody. Potter, if you, if you haven't seen Harry, I'm sorry, man, you got me with that. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. If you haven't seen Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, spoiler alerts. That's next. And I know Jay's very again another topic that Jay's passionate about. <laughs> oh yeah, I I mean honestly I definitely you know I don't know if we're gonna do it next. We're gonna definitely do it soon. The Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, I'm going to have a lot to say about the differences between the book and the movie. So, Ooh, yeah, there, there were a lot. So there look, were a lot. So look for that in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, yep. We're going to have, uh, fun doing that. So Jay, same bad time, same bad channel, Batman. I know you're out there. Don't sue us. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Later. <laughs>